Welcome to Watch Party Wheel of Time. I'm your host, Ruark, joined once again by my co-host, Saima. What up, wheelies? And, of course, our panel of newbies. Say hello, panel. Hey, y'all. Hello, panel. Uh, joining us from the panel today is Siobhan. Hey, everybody. There's Greg. Hello, dear. Samaria. Hey, hey. And David. The trial never ends. And also joining us today, we've got a really special episode. Uh, we've got joining us Matt and Taylor Hatch from the Dusty Wheel. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> whoop. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Matt has been uh, the host of the Dusty Wheel here for how many years has it been at this point? It'll be three in August. Wow. Three years in August. And uh, we wanted to bring uh, Matt and, and his son, Taylor, who is his, his uh, editor and production assistant, I guess. Um, we wanted to bring them on the show because they're kind of the 800-pound gorilla when it comes to uh, <laughs> Wheel of Time content creators. And uh, sometimes you get that 800-pound gorilla in the room and they think they're King Kong. And sometimes you get that 800-pound gorilla in the room and it turns out to be Magilla. And and that's what we've got here with Matt. We've got a Megilla 800-pound gorilla who is just one of the nicest guys you could ever imagine. And and yeah, so we wanted to bring him to to our audience and and start bringing a, a little bit of the wider Wheel of Time world to the rest of you. So welcome, Matt. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much. Um, so we just want to know, uh, how, how did you guys get started in this? Matt, I know you you're... Fandom, your your insanity in the fandom goes back quite a ways, doesn't it? I'm old. I am old. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> <laughs> You're in good company. Uh, yeah, it goes it goes back to 1990, right? I mean, uh, that's when the Eye of the World came out, yeah, and Great Hunt, I believe, uh, and that's when I a librarian pointed me in the right direction, as I like to think, uh, and uh, that was my next fantasy fix at the time. And uh, yeah, once I read it and then followed up with The Great Hunt, I didn't let go, apparently. <laughs> I just kept going. Uh, you know, I like every fan, I just kept reading the books over and over. Uh, as the new ones came out, Robert Jordan's really prolific. And uh, I think I found out that Wheel of Time fans have joined dis or started discussions online uh, in, I think, 1997 was when I first like I think looked up Wheel of Time on whatever search, uh, I can't remember where it was, honestly, if it was like AOL or something, I don't know. Uh, Ask Jeeves. Yeah, I don't think, uh, yeah, it was, I have no idea, I can't remember where, where it was, but I just looked at Wheel of Time and I was shocked in 1997 just how many communities had already popped up on the internet talking about the Wheel of Time. And so I just jumped right in, started talking to fans about it, uh, got obsessed, you'll the thing I guess people find out about me is I'm obsessed with theorizing about the Wheel of Time and uh, got obsessed with it and created my own community uh, called Theoryland uh, in 1998. And uh, I don't know how much you want to hear of this entire story, but I'll take you all the way through. <laughs> no, no, this is fascinating. Uh, I've, I've, I, I know a lot of people out there look up to you in the, the, in, in the community, but I don't think everybody has this whole story about how you got into everything and the story of Theoryland yeah. before wheel, uh, uh, the Dusty before, Wheel. So, yeah. Before that, but yeah. So Theoryland, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, someone gave us the moniker, moniker of hardcore fan freaks. Uh, a fan, <laughs> uh, a Theorylander brought that back to us. It was something that she had heard in line waiting for a Robert Jordan signing. Uh, literally kind of just kind of keyed into it. People said, have you ever been to Theoryland? Oh, no, that's like the home of the hardcore fan freaks, you know. Uh, and that's And I guess, yeah, maybe we earned that uh we just 
the thing we always cared about was just discussing the books and what was coming next and getting really nitty-gritty into theories. We we obsess about the facts and then the speculation side of it too. Like uh, I love to run down uh, layering speculation upon speculation to come up with loony ideas. I, I just really enjoy that. And yeah, I, I ran that community uh, for the last however many, a couple decades. And what what was fascinating was I think the first moment I knew that like Theoryland was known outside of just myself and the people that went to Theoryland mm-hmm. really was when it showed up in one of the paperback flaps. I think it was Crossroads of Twilight or something. Like it was one of six named communities in the back of a Wheel of Time book. I think I like walked into a bookstore and I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, I didn't like So, that it so actually... did you know that that was going to be there when you... I don't believe this is so hard to think back because I'm old again, but like, I don't believe I knew, I don't think Tor said to me like, Hey, we're going to put this there. I think a fan saw it and then made us aware of it because they were uh, surprised. I think that's how it happened. Uh, Honestly, I can't remember anymore. Maybe they sent me an email or something, but uh, yeah, seeing that happen was crazy. Uh, You know, one of our famous among our theory landers, one of the famous moments in our fandom history is when we went and met Robert Jordan at Dragon Con in 2005. We brought a list of 60 questions uh, that we wanted him to answer so we could move on from discussions we had had for seven years. <laughs> Please put a nail in these particular points. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can tell you because you just would get sick of it, but we didn't stop you. You know, you're like, I have to defend my idea yet again. Um, yeah. Uh, or uh, so. No, we, we went and he obliged. That was crazy. He really wow. uh, killed a couple theories, many. He helped extend a variety. I won't, I, I know your, your, your listeners and some of the panelists here haven't read the books, and so I won't tell you some of the answers that he gave us, but really fun kind of canon building answers, if that makes sense. You know, he, he helped us or we helped him, whatever. It was a group effort to extend things that he had never explained in the books, and we were just ecstatic. We came back from that event and that really led into a whole slew of new conversations uh, for the decade or two to come and and we ended up tracking those kind of things we have a search engine on theoryland that lets you look up uh, i can't remember how many it's tons and tons of interviews and answers by robert jordan um, and yeah that's really led to just that's our that's our kind of geekery right i think we're just a yeah. lot of a, a lot of that kind of person ended up at Theoryland, either lurking or or chatting. I, I find it interesting that I somehow never ended up at Theoryland because that is exactly the kind of nerd I am, especially when it comes to Wheel of Time. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing as well. Like, I I, I just didn't, I didn't go on the internet for some reason. And yep. it wasn't until two years ago that I actually went online. But now I'm thinking, like, I'm also finding it very difficult. Like, I was about to blurt out one of the really major theories and i was just like nope i have problems with spoilers like i'm not sure why i'm the host <laughs> i have had problems with spoilers on the show but yeah it's, it's just some because awesome when you almost get to a spoiler it's hilarious i'd be remiss not to mention that taylor was actually born two years after Theoryland began. So Theoryland was like my first child. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but it, it was funny because when he was born, this is how kind of, you know, people are like, oh, he's like the prince of Theoryland. You know, it's funny. All my kids have like 
grabbed onto this idea of like, wait a second, like this is mine afterwards or something. And I'm like, what is the thing you think that it's just a community? There's like, <laughs> but in their heads, like they grew up with that theory land always existed and these these they were aware of this community as part of their life. Taylor, do you have a recollection about that? No. <laughs> I, I, I was born two years after you started. I, like, no. I mean, do you have a recollection of when Theoryland Friend like was it? When did it first come when into I, your? Sorry, I know I'm interrupting you. Um, when I when it officially hit me was my first Jordan Con that I went to, um, mm. and uh, I guess on Jordan Con I was given the name Prince of Theoryland. Right? Was that that uh, true? Yeah, it was on your name sure. tag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and or at least I was. I thought you referred to me as that on online or something. But I maybe. probably did. Yeah. Um, and all I remember was my first Jordan Con. I was like eight or something. I don't remember when you took me. I think I was eight. And as I walked in, people would be like, "Taylor, hey!" Like, "Oh my gosh, you're here! This is exciting!" And they keep walking. And I'm like, I'm, "I'm like, I don't know who that person is, you know." And it happened consistently all day, the whole time. People were inviting me to do things and play games and like sing up karaoke, and and it was all because my father made this fan website <laughs> talking about these books, and it did feel cool. Fan, that was the F word you chose there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the F word he would have always chosen as the years progressed, but... Uh... <laughs> but no, so that's probably the earliest, like, that it really... Yeah affected me at all um was yeah. probably when i was around eight um, That's so which awesome i'm 21 you, now so but you, that you went to jordan con when you were eight and maybe we should just mention for folks the, for the panel and people that may not know jordan con's the annual um all things yep. to do with robert jordan convention um and it's not yep. just the wheel of time right it's also other yeah Right. It, it's like a science fiction fantasy convention. They have a, they have, I think they have a Sanderson track now, but then they have a writing track. They have a general like sci-fi track. In other words, it's yeah, Robert Jordan. They obviously have a Wheel of Time track too. So, uh, but yes, it be, it's become much bigger of a focus. But obviously, its initial focus was very much the Wheel of Time. And were there any so. other eight-year-olds the year that you went, Taylor? <laughs> I don't think so, um, <laughs> or at least not some some lame ones, because <laughs> I was hanging out with all the adults, so <laughs> they were up in their rooms watching TV, and I was playing Magic or something. So, <laughs> so what's uh, what's obviously interesting in that time frame is Robert Jordan obviously passed away, right? Like yeah. that affected uh, uh, all the communities. So how much we had kind of we. Had, Robert Jordan was always going to be part of our lives, you know, and so uh, what a what a loss, obviously, for his family, um, and I think what a loss for the world and for fandom in general. Oh, uh, very much so. He was famous for saying, no one's going to finish this. Um, that was one of the things that he would tell people, like, oh, what, what would ever happen? Would you ever let anybody? And it wasn't until, actually, that um, uh, as, as uh, he understood, I think, that uh, he he would not maybe make it through this. He did change his mind. Um, he changed his mind and he did leave notes and instructions about finishing the books. And that is, and the reason I bring that up was uh, 
when an author, when Harriet, uh, Jim or Robert Jordan's, uh, wife and editor actually, uh, when she, uh, after he had passed, uh, she came to know uh, Brandon Sanderson, who's the author that finished the last three books and wrote them. And Brandon was looking among the community because obviously Wheel of Time meant a lot to his life. And he looked into the community to find people to help him make sure that he could finish the books in a way that stayed true to the to the understanding of the Wheel of Time, which is, let's be all be honest, 14 books. It's kind of hard to keep all the facts straight, no matter how many times you've read yeah. them. Knowing all the canon and everything else. And so he invited... Uh, five or six of us to help him beta read the books. And so I had that honor to help beta read the two, the last two books. Uh, my focuses in those things were very spe specified. I had very specific things I knew about the Wheel of Time. I, timeline things, never really ever tracked. I don't know lots of names. I really care about metaphysics. <laughs> so I read the book to make sure the metaphysics I felt were consistent with with. Uh, what Robert Jordan had created. Like, that's how I felt. Like, that's why I felt like I was there, was to make sure that they were, uh, or I could comment on things that I thought were of concern. And that experience of being part of that process, uh, just an amazing, like I said, an honor to be part of it. And uh, to see the series uh, be completed was, was I think, for fans, just, you know, an amazing thing that Harriet uh, allowed for, right? And, and actually found an author to enable that to happen. Um, and, uh, from there, uh, honestly, and, and maybe I'll connect this with the dusty wheel now, which is because of the work, I guess, that we did as beta readers, mm -hmm. Brandon decided to memorialize that or immortalize that, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the books by creating inns based on our communities and innkeepers based on those beta readers. So, in one of the books, uh, I don't know how much I can spoil or not, but in one of those final three books, uh, he Yeah, I think it's okay created, to say book 13. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. one? Uh, so in, <laughs> in Towers of Midnight, uh, in a city called Camelin, uh, there is an inn called the Dusty Wheel Inn. And it is based on Theoryland. It's actually, it's I love it because its inhabitants are very much like <laughs> described as I would think of Theorylanders, you know, he, even the in itself, he described it like he took, looked at the website and basically described the in as the website. It was, it was fantastic. And, and he put me as innkeeper hatch, which still feels weird to read to this day. Uh, I see hatch yeah. and I'm like, it breaks a fourth wall. I get kind of all like weirded out, <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, he put, he, he, he didn't put my wife, She's named the innkeeper's wife, but she is there. And actually, one of my daughters uh, is named Caitlin. And there's a there's a barmaid, whatever, uh, called Katie, I believe. Uh, which I just I can't imagine that's not after her. <laughs> It'd be like a weird coincidence, <laughs> like oh, just you just randomly picked a name, Brandon. Uh, good connection there. So, yeah, to to have, and then I think he, he put a dedication in Towers of Midnight to the beta readers and named us. Honestly, uh, some of the greatest honors I've ever had uh, as being a fan of something and to not only take part in the beta read, but then to be included, to be a named character is a very, I don't know, I, I don't know how fans feel about the, the, that idea, but it, yeah, you just never feel anything but just humble and honored, <laughs> you know, yeah. humbled and honored yeah. to, to be part of it. So, uh, 
yeah, that that happened, and that was crazy, and the books ended. Uh, <laughs> and and honestly, after the books ended, theorizing really slowed. Brandon stopped giving as many answers to questions. Mm-hmm. And over the ensuing years, we kept conversations going on Theoryland, but it wasn't like before when the series was going. Yeah. And obviously, people started hearing about maybe a show happening. And in 2018, it became clear a show was going to happen. And at JordanCon, literally, 2019, uh, a friend uh, of mine uh, that some of you uh, might know really well, or maybe know from her name, is Sarah Nakamura. Uh, she was a Wheel of hey, Time Sarah. TV consultant. Yeah, right? Uh, she was at JordanCon, and she was like, hey, you're going to bring Theoryland back? Like, talk about new things with the show? And I said, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm... Maybe I'm too old and past that. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and uh, she's like, you know you're going to talk about this. And I was like, yeah, I mean, she's like, no, seriously. <laughs> like, stop it. You're going to talk. You've talked about this your entire <laughs> life. You're going to keep talking about this. So why not just do something? And that, that really affected me, honestly. Taylor can remember that. I think Taylor was sitting there and we, we started talking. We're like, okay, what would we do? And I remember saying, not Theoryland, as in I don't want to do another website. <laughs> um, if you've ever moderated a forum for 20 years, you <laughs> realize that's not how you want to spend the rest of your life. No. Um, so uh, I decided against that. I didn't want to do that. So uh, uh, Good call. <laughs> we, I can't remember, Taylor, who had, did you throw the idea at me about Talking Dead? Uh, about I had doing the Talking it? Dead. There's a couple different um, kind of podcasts and, and shows that I had seen on YouTube. Um, that we're kind of doing this kind of uh what's the it's like DIY or do it yourself um kind of like talk show idea um and talking dead was kind of like the big vision like one day like that would be yeah. really cool to do and so um i i was i pitched the idea of trying to find a happy medium of not just in our house but obviously that you'll give me money to do it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and it kind of was like, I wasn't fully in it yet because like, it wasn't my book series. Like, <laughs> like I, I didn't read it. Uh, and it wasn't like my fandom. I had made friends at Jordan con. So I had been, uh, uh multiple times, uh, but I wasn't going for wheel of time. Yeah. Um, and so it, we didn't really start talking about it until I think a couple months later, uh, when then my, I think Rosamund was announced, um, as, uh, Moraine, uh, Moiraine. I don't know how you, uh, how you're pronouncing <laughs> yeah. it. Um, I pronounce it both ways myself. It, it depends on the mood at the moment. And, um, and that happened but, and we were sitting, uh, sorry, if, I don't know if I'm messing up the story. No, no, no. If, no. Okay. Uh, we're, we're uh, all riveted. Yeah. Well, yeah. we were sitting on the couch of my grandmother's home in Illinois. We were doing a family trip out there and we're sitting down. I'm playing Starcraft two on my dad's, <laughs> on my mom's like 2012, like Macintosh. Um, and, <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm really in it, you know? I've been trying this mini game map for a long time. My dad just kept bothering me about this wheel of time thing. And, <laughs> and finally I paused it and we, and we talked and he was like, they just announced that Rosamund Pike's going to be the main, like, I mean, character in the show. We have to do something. And he was like, which 
this is the, always a funny part because he's like, so you have $1,000. I want you to go and make me a set when we get home. And I was like, okay. You know, like a grand sick. So uh, you go on to Amazon. serious. And, uh, and I spent that $1,000. Um, it's probably like eight something uh, around that. Uh, but I ended up getting together all of the gear that I believed we needed for this to work. And, uh, and we got back kind of a week later and ordered it all in and started setting it up. Um, and we have some really funny test footage of kind of the beginnings of the dusty wheel. Um, have you found that yet? I know you told me you were going to find that. Ooh, you have found um, it? Oh, awesome. Found it. Yes, yeah. put that out. Put that out. Bonus yeah. episode. I, I was going to say, that. footage like that, it usually goes through a life cycle where you record the footage, then you look at the footage and you say, nobody is ever going to see that. That will never see <laughs> <the light laughs> yeah. Then about... Five to six years pass, and then you, you you get to a point where you're kind of professional, and you look back on it, and you're like, okay, maybe now it can see the light of day, because I can think it's funny now. <laughs> we're so high now that, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Like, I'm wearing, like, a Superman tank top, and, like, and doing random voice tests into this, this, this snowball mic, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, and you can hear we we got um these mic stands to hold the microphone and both times and so now we, in can, our, we can't hear you as well right now sorry my bad i i, I forgot my bad <laughs> i'll restate that so that it I, about I, I thought you were making a point about the mic stands sorry which part sounded like yeah 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 you're like this is what? how it sounded before we were professional sorry uh, <laughs> we had we got two snowball mics and we did in our <laughs> in our studio right now we're using like 15 pound weights to like hold down the feet of this mic stand because it's top heavy and so right. it falls and the reason why we know it's top heavy is because we broke both of these <laughs> the I don't know if you can hear that but the inside <laughs> of these <laughs> Because we didn't have the weights there before, and my dad would like move the the uh, bar, and then it would like slide off and just boom and snap the bottom of the, of it. So no, it's it classic was, setup moments. And that was like the first test. Like we broke these things like hours before, like after starting um, some wow. test stuff. So I want to I want to about that. It's a really funny. I. I do not like to be in front of a camera, <laughs> like uh, in, taking photos or live, in fact. Uh, and I said to Taylor, I said, I need a studio that will help me be okay with that. So build me a studio that I will be willing to sit in front of a camera being live. And he's like, okay, that's really weird. Uh, and I said, I, I just, I don't like this. And I don't know. He's like, why are we doing a live show then? And I'm like, because I don't. <laughs> want to do a pre-recorded show? I don't know. Like, and by the way, that was a that was an important decision because Taylor has since tried to record me to do like we've th often thought about doing pre-recorded material, mm -hmm. and it is brutal. Like, I have just a real problem with going back and watching myself, and then, and Taylor will just be like, "Now he'll be like, I'm gonna press record." I'm going to come back in three okay, hours. Okay, okay, okay. Wait a second. And, and <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> um, okay, so how this actually happens is, and, and I don't know, you got, you, um, 
you said that you'd seen kind of our five hour one, uh, Saima. Uh, you said that you. And, and you I saw your, fi- your final one where you were dismantling everything, which was just like, really? Oh. So I, I, I see. <laughs> Did you like that, by the way? I love I came oh up with that goodness. the day of. I was no. like, wait, this is going to be great. Yeah. I'm going to take yeah. the. I was going to get the screwdriver. I was going to take <laughs> off the walls, but we could, I couldn't yeah. find it. Um, oh, but yeah. that would have been brilliant. <laughs> I absolutely loved that final session. I was going to like save it, save the that bit for later. But let me just say, it was absolutely brilliant. And also I realized that Matt didn't know how far you were going to go because there was like increasing amount of distress coming over your face Matt, <laughs> as, as the set's being dismantled. And you're like, oh, hang on. So now that you're saying that you really needed to have the set to help you, it gives a whole different meaning now to that distress that was coming over your face because your security blanket was being dismantled was piece go- by piece. Yes, but absolutely. you were still live, right? And you were yes. kind of having to continue going. It was it was yeah. really beautiful, really touching. <laughs> and I think I understand where you're coming from with your want to be live thing. To me, the energy is just different when you're live. And even yeah. if you just know you're live. Um, and I can say that's part of why this this podcast ended up with a such a huge panel was because I know if I have an audience, I can be on. If, if I'm just talking into yep. a microphone, it's a lot more difficult. But if I've <laughs> yeah. got eight other people listening to me, then yeah, we can go, well, we can go crazy. Well, that's like, you're exactly right. Um, because we would sit down and, and my dad's prepped for like days before for like 12 hour long live streams where he wants 8 million things to happen and he's stressed for weeks beforehand like like just completely whatever like completely mentally just out of it but if you haven't seen this man record a five minute video pre-recorded it is the most pain, painful experience ever and and part of it's funny and part of it's like I don't know if this is worth it um, because, <laughs> because initially we like I'd film it and my dad wanted to see we <laughs> we wanted to do a uh, what's what's it called a teleprompter and so we bought like this teleprompter thing for the front of our uh, camera. <laughs> But we didn't have like an iPad or anything. We had like this old, super old Kindle, um, like this Kindle Fire, and so and they're not really developing apps for like a Kindle Fire from 2010 right now. Um, and so we're trying to find these teleprompter apps and how we're going to get the script over to it. So it's like a five-hour process. There, we finally get it on after being so mad, and we sit down. And then we just go into the late hours of the night where my dad like messes up a name or he needs to check pronunciation. Um, uh, pronounce, I can't even pronounce pronounce. Um, but he uh, he's like, so I have to like scroll back down with my finger because we don't have like a remote. And so I'm like trying to like, like find it above me. And eventually what happened was I would uh, click record on the camera and then I'd give my dad the mouse and I'd go like, I'm going to go to dinner. And then if you just want to keep clicking stop, start and stop and just record every take you get, I'll just cut it down later. And so then I would like I'd go get dinner. I'd play a video game, watch an episode of Friends. And then it's like I come back in and he and he's still working. And so in, in the end, we really decided very early on um, that we were going to stick with live. Um, yeah, yeah. and make sure that was <laughs> our <laughs> well the thing is with live right it's out completely out of my control whatever I do say which often during live 
moments, I regret a word that I use. And then everyone in comments afterwards reminds me of why I regretted that word, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, that wasn't <laughs> the intent of what I was trying to say, but it does enable, I, I can't go back, right? I yeah. can't, I can't edit it. Therefore it's just live and people saw it and it's moving forward. So that helped me emotionally say, yeah, I, okay. So my embarrassment can't stop this, right? If I'm embarrassed in that moment, I can either like turn this feed off and walk away or I can just keep going. And so I just keep going, uh, which is how I do it. I got to a point on a mic where, especially in front of a live audience, I have goldfish brain. Like the words that are, I, I can think of the words that are coming next and the words that are coming out of my mouth. And then once they're out of my mouth, that thought is completely gone and I don't even remember it. So if yeah. I say something that I should feel bad about, I don't remember it and <laughs> can just continue on doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that happens all the time. And I had Taylor will tell me afterwards, he'll be like, that was really cool when this happened or, and I'll be like, that happened. I said that. <laughs> I, 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 I don't <laughs> okay, even remember cool. that. Yeah. yeah. That is cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. And uh, getting like getting to that, back to that kind of summer, uh, I was really getting nervous about this idea that I was going to be live. Like I hadn't done this yeah. yet. Right. And it was, you know, and like Taylor said, we bought two mics, <laughs> which is ridiculous because we, we really wanted this to be an in-studio thing, but we quickly learned it was not going to be an in-studio show as in our guests were going to be, you know, over zoom, we're going to yeah. be virtual guests. And so we bought two mics we had like, well, first, be before you go there, because we were, it was going to be in studio because it was before the pandemic. Mm. We were like, we were like, okay, our plan is because we initially didn't even think about uh, bringing Zoom on at all. Um, yep. We were just going to have people call in, and that's what our first, I think, two shows were um, were just people on the phone. Uh, talking to us and there was no cameras at all and so initially we were like we're only going to invite people that live in the area in and do all in studio very talking dead ish kind mm -hmm. of uh kind of interviews yeah. uh and then the pandemic hit right as we got like this double setup in studio that didn't work <laughs> at all but um <laughs> but we had it all set up for that and so then we transitioned over to we were like we were like, maybe Zoom, if we could capture that, could be cool. And now it's become like the the main thing for the Dusty yeah. Wheel, which is funny. But sorry, but, yeah, you got it. No, I was going to say there was this casting moment where we really weren't all the way ready. We were not going to go live with our first show in August. It was going to be in September. And when the the EF5, as we refer to them, right, when, mm -hmm. when Yosha and Zoe and Madeline and Marcus and Barney were all announced, I looked at Taylor and it was that, it was like, it was it on a Wednesday? I can't remember now if it happened on a Wednesday. I have to go back and see, but I thought, I think it did. And we were like, I said, Taylor, let's just do it. <laughs> like, okay, let's just do it. We didn't have any like cool background or anything. It was like a little bar top that we had had up to that point. And it was a total success failure. And that is to mean like the show like ended. Did we not have a background? Like, no, we didn't. We had the blanket? I think we just had the wall. Um, yeah. You have to go back and watch it. Let me know if I'm I remembering that so. correctly. But okay, well, go prove me wrong. Uh, the uh, the so, but basically, what happened was in it was all running through my phone at the time, and my phone like hung up on everybody. And like halfway through the show, live, it was like all my guests were gone, and like 
it was like a crazy setup moment where uh, it was like the classic that like, you go live for the first time and it like all broke. But yeah. 40 to 60 people showed up because we had kind of announced that we were doing this for the first time and people chatted and people called in. It was ridiculous. Like it worked. Like fans wanted to talk about the Wheel of Time. So they called in and random fans. And that's the scariest thing, by the way, to put a phone number out there. <laughs> and have anyone in the world <laughs> be able to call in and bringing them into a sit live situation live without we didn't have I didn't have anyone like screening calls at that point. It was just like, hi, who's this? You know, and I was like, great, uh, this is going to be amazing. And surprisingly, over almost three years, I really don't have. Maybe there's been one or two callers where I've had to really navigate their call because uh, they 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 felt really comfortable coming in live and maybe expressing uh, a pretty bigoted position if that makes sense and navigating that moment live uh yeah that's that is something that i don't this was just an idea <laughs> like there's a live show and i was like oh i didn't even think about that yeah, uh, you're, so, you're like all, all of a sudden i'm i have to figure out how to deal with this racism that just suddenly popped up oh, in the middle of my my show Kind of exactly yeah. right yeah and but it, strangely i think 99.9% of the callers are just and maybe not strangely right I, I i've known this fandom for a long time so i'm not shocked in that way right people just calling in and wanting to talk about the books and wanting to talk about uh the show that was going to be based on the books was surprising has been or I guess not surprising has been uh, really, really a, a huge joy in my life as a fan, right? To just kind of connect with people live about the Wheel of Time. So uh, fast forward, we're doing the show for almost two years and I'll get to the end of kind of what we think of as the kind of culmination of everything we had done up to this point, which was uh, that September before the show came out, Amazon contacted us and they were like, hey, really liked what you've been doing. It's been fun to see this kind of your your channel grow. Do you would you like to do something with us? And we're like, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Like, yeah, of course, we always plan for this. You don't yeah, tell Amazon, sure. no. <laughs> well, it was like, it was like, we always plan for this to be a live after show, right? It was like, well, yeah, like I wanted to interview guests uh, or cast members. Like that was always a goal. I hoped that, I hoped that uh, Amazon would come to trust the idea of the show, of what we do as fans, which is to talk about the show and as to not come in, like we're not a, uh, we're not a, a reaction kind of, we're not, we're not doing like reviews of the show. We are a talk show and think Jimmy Fallon or something, you know, think of the, the Tonight Show. And so it's the idea of like, who in their right mind would trust some random dude in his basement um, <laughs> that's doing a live show to live <laughs> interview their cast members, right? Like, yeah. and it was like, how does that even come to be? But I hoped that that would that they would somehow be like, yeah, cool, we, we would do that. And so for them to partner with us and in a variety of ways, and one of them was to do a live, their second trailer first came out through our stream. Like it, it quickly went public, like worldwide, like five minutes later or whatever. But through our stream, they we did this live kind of trailer watch party. And they, you know, I was they, there. I, I, that was, yep, I was there. It was, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was so much fun. It was, it was just a lot of fun, honestly. And, yeah. and to have uh, Daniel and Zoe and Madeline show up live and do, be able to interview them live mm -hmm. uh, was just, it was, again, just 
been it's been decades of fun that I've been able to have in this fandom, talking right. to fans and talking about the books. And this just kind of continued it. And to have Rosamond uh, call in live and chat with her for a moment, again, really f uh, just a fun experience. Uh, to go out to London and uh, be on the blue carpet, as they called it, and to talk to them. If you go watch the video, I'm having ridiculous amount of fun, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah. Can like, yeah. It's just, we, it was we just like, yeah. yeah, right? It was just like one of those moments, totally not professional in any newsmaker way, right? It was just like, this is ridiculous. This is fun. And I think I asked Madeline Madden, like, who wears, like, who has the best shoes or something like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, everyone's asking her. Who are you like, wearing? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I, I, I was, I was kind of channeling that, right, Greg? I was like, this is, <laughs> this is just ridiculous and fun. Let's just do it. Uh, so, so for that to happen and then for them in the process of partnering with us to ask Taylor and I to be, uh, be part of their official after show, that was just yeah. a really, that, that was to have the Dusty Wheel backdrop be the official after show backdrop if that makes yeah. sense uh that was a crazy time that was a crazy crazy september through december uh i can't it's that moment like you were saying it was like a goldfish brain like yeah. we were just moving from event to event and it wasn't until it all ended that we were like wow like <laughs> we look back now we're like how did we even make it through that but uh yeah just amazing amazing as far as those after party shows, um, yeah. I was I was just watching those uh, this last week uh, just yeah. to, to remember what they were like, and it seems to me like those are pre recorded. Is that that that's not a live show, right? That's not a no. It's not a live show. Those oh. are not live. Like yeah, no. I was in the um, I was in chat. <laughs> I would just tell people there. It's funny because some people used to us being live. Yeah. Be like, no, I'm going to be in chat with you today. Hope you enjoy this. It's, it's, you know, it's like, yeah. it's pre-recorded basically. Like I'm in here with you talking. I'm not actually interviewing these people live. Uh, yeah. And uh, that, uh, that was actually a really nerve wracking experience itself. <laughs> Cause I was like, okay, I hope they really enjoy this. Uh, but if this makes sense, the recording of it was live as in, I don't know if that makes sense, but it was, it was right. very done, very much recorded in a very live fashion. Uh, in the in in what I was doing in the interviewing and the talking about the show itself, yeah, that really that definitely came across. You know that you could we knew it was pre-recorded because it was Amazon, right? And they were obviously right. putting in all the extra yeah. bits, the you know the X-ray yeah. footage and cutting it up in a certain way. But it really came across yeah. really really beautifully. So. With with uh, that, I have a couple questions just okay. from a a a, a, a Go for it. production standpoint. Uh, how far in advance did you do those episodes, and mm. did Amazon give you kind of final cut, or did they have to approve? This is a good question. I can't answer your first question. There's definitely uh, an NDA involved, uh, right? Yeah. Like to, for them to do any deal or business with us as partners, we would definitely yeah. had to sign uh, that for sure. Uh, but uh, we did, we did get to see, um, I think I can say uh, we got to see uh, what, react to you know kind of oh that's how they're going to do transitions or oh that's how they're going to introduce this or that's how this would come together uh we definitely uh had an opportunity it's not like they we were able to say like we didn't have final say does that make sense right it's yeah. on amazon's property they're yeah. pushing it out on amazon prime video youtube it's their product uh, but we yeah. did 
it's definitely like a team experience. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I think, I think they were very, um, just very great about making it about yeah. the dusty wheel and, and, and trying and working with us to try and keep as much as that of that heart that we had created over the past two years yeah. of, of the show and kind of implementing that in their own kind of pre-recorded way. So, yeah. And that's what, that's one of the things we did say to them, which was we, we want to make sure this is the dusty wheel version of the after show, uh, not yeah. the uh, Amazon version, if that makes sense. In other words, it, it should feel yeah. dusty wheel. Like uh, that was important yeah. to us. And, and uh, yeah, they were great to, honestly, they're great to work with, uh, you know, great to, uh, Taylor got to be part of that process of, you know, being part of the production of that. So you said it was them that reached out to you first. And, and what was that like? What was the, what was that? experience for you did did you like open the email and just kind of like go into a daze or <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's funny because i want to hear taylor's response uh do taylor you must remember this <laughs> when this happened because i have memories of it but i would love to know um, from an external standpoint it was my reaction was like yeah sorry let me uh, collect my thoughts and my nda um, responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have to say, it kind of feels like you're not a cool person in the Wheel of Time community until you have an NDA. <laughs> That's funny. I'm trying to think if I had to sign one when I did the beta read. It was surreal because, like, taking it back to um, the Jordan Con previously, talking to Sarah and um, and kind of sitting on that couch playing StarCraft II. Um, it was crazy to go, well, on that couch, we talked about really making it talking dead and like <laughs> getting to the point of a high enough quality and a high enough interest in our channel for Amazon to want to, like my dad said, kind of make that the backdrop for their kind of after show. And so yeah. it was in that moment that he got that email, um, and they were like, "Yeah, we'd like to, we'd like to just set up a conversation, just talk, and just want to talk." They it was very just <laughs> straight to the point. It was very vague, um, but uh, but they really liked our work, and they they wanted to kind of just talk. And uh, I'm saying that too because I don't. I, yeah, I'm just gonna keep it vague. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, they were very they were very very kind. And I remember my dad. <laughs> I think I was on. I think I was out with my uh, girlfriend, now wife, at the time. And I think we were just out, Jersey Mike's or something, some sort of, like, getting lunch. And my dad wrote this group chat with my mom, uh, my wife, and I. And he just puts, like, dot, 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 dot. And he's, like, he goes, guys. And then sends, like, the little, like, small sliver of the email that's, like, from... Amazon and 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 we're everyone just we just freaked out and 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 we call immediately where I'm like I'm like dad dad like this is it we did it you know and like tell me what's happening and he's like I'm not gonna tell you anything over the phone <laughs> and I, was like, I was like what do you mean we've been working so hard and he's like I, I'm not don't you don't say anything no <laughs> when, when you get back home i will tell you and i was like i was like this is the most cruel thing ever 
Yeah, you know, and, and we argued for a while there in the parking lot. And and I was just like, I was I was extremely annoyed because he was kind of getting the relish in it. And I was um, eating a sandwich with relish on it. And... Um, and no, I do remember Taylor, he's like, I... I actually cannot believe. And Taylor and I can do each other's voices pretty well, and and so that is the how Taylor would, the cadence of it. He'd be like, "I cannot believe that you will not tell me <laughs> what they said." Uh, I mean, I have put together the show. I think that I deserve to know what's in that email. You know, kind of thinking I was like, you do when you get yeah, the well, so then they, then they, well, then they would be like, he, I'd be like, you're going to tell me one thing right now. And I don't care if you don't want to. You're going to tell me one thing. Look, Dad, I handle production. You can't do this without me. You've got to give me something. Yes. <laughs> Put a filter on you to make you sound like Mickey Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) He would say something to the effect of, they said something along the lines of, hello, Matt. Okay? And so we'll talk (laughs) when you get back. Um, And I think I remember, I think I remember the moment because I think I was at, a Jersey, I think pretty sure I was in at a Jersey Mike's and it, but it was like an hour away from home because I was like, mm-hmm. I was hanging out with my girlfriend by her house. And, and so I'm like, what do you mean when I get home? Like it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Like I'm not coming home for a while. Like I had a whole date planned, you know? And so I'm like balancing the, like what matters more, you know? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you whether the sandwich got finished or not. Right. <laughs> these are the, these are the little things you get to have fun with in the moment of right. Like uh, these were the moments where I was like, yeah, because well, honestly, that first email was just like, hey, we'd like to chat. You know, if you'd be open to uh, chatting, it wasn't. The first email was not like this. Like these are our plans. You know, it was it was pretty. If I remember correctly, it was pretty pretty vague. But maybe I'm misremembering that. Well, no, uh, it was vague, and, and I think it. I remember being really then pissed off because it was like I got back <laughs> that night and I walk in the house and my dad. I think he he was asleep. I think. Um, and no, no I, I do I think, think so. so. I do think so because I think I woke you up. Um, because, but whatever, whatever that, if that happened or not. And I go up and I'm like, so what happened? And he goes, oh, okay. Um, they just, they just said they want to talk sometime soon. (laughs) I was like, like, this couldn't have been said anywhere else. So so yeah. The funniest part is when I have fun, this is how I have fun. Well, whenever he would, um, like, he would get another email or whatever from Amazon. It would be like, you'd walk into the room and we have Alexas at our place, mm-hmm. which inherently, <laughs> I believe, inherently, I believe I'm about to tell this entire story. Inherently, it is Amazon, you know? Yeah. So that one, I kind of understood. I was like, if Bezos is listening, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so we un- I walk in both of the Alexas are unplugged that they have in the room. And, and my dad's and mom's phone and their laptops were on airplane mode. 
<laughs> and I walk in and he's like, do you want to talk about it? And I was like, yeah, I want to talk about it. And he's like, he's like, turn off your phone. And I was like, I'm not turning off my phone. Right? Off wiretap. Like, and he's like, I, I think Matt's falling off his chair. And, and this is like, and it's all fun and games, you know, like it's exciting. But it's the one moment where my dad's just like, if you do not turn off your phone, I am not telling you anything that's happening. <laughs> and it was just the most straight I've ever been talked oh. to by my father. And I was just wow. like, I was like, okay. I, I can't believe that you've told this story to <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we, we can edit we can edit, edit that out if you want we can edit that out <laughs> no, I'm no, not no, gonna edit that out I am so not gonna he edit gets, that yeah. out but we can edit that out if you want <laughs> no no that's totally uh, this is uh, Taylor's right there there well <laughs> there's this moment of like well I, I can't even tell a story that I would like to counter tell right Me now too. <laughs> <laughs> I got like so I wish I could tell this other story about sometime I woke up. Uh, and oh, wow. It has to do with Taylor. Wow. Yeah. Do you really yeah, I can't tell that, that story. <laughs> that's some family that's drama a all of a little sudden. bit close there, mister. I don't, I'm not going to share that right now, but uh, someday. Someday we'll wow. share that story. This is the only known vocalizing of the idea of knowledge from that moment. I know. You're right. There's a moment that we would like to share with everyone in, someday. In um, eight years? That's gonna be a good. We should come back, <laughs> and we years, should. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have you back on in eight years. Yes. You okay. Yeah. Okay. First. okay. In, you in eight be, years, you will be we'll... coming back to share this pivotal story. <laughs> we haven't uh, made, we haven't mentioned that one. This one is insane. This one that's is, is. That's all I can say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I can say. It's it's yeah. insane. Right. Uh, but someday good we'll. Teaser. Good teaser. Yeah. A good teaser. Yeah. For <laughs> a good yeah, sometime in the next eight years. For eight years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so something I want to ask you guys about, just coming from yeah. from me being a production nerd and wanting to know about the production process that you guys use. Yeah. Can you just walk us through a, a an average episode of your show? What what goes on mm. beforehand, behind the scenes? What's Taylor doing while you're on screen? You know what. Tell us how, how it works. What's funny about this is at JordanCon, we've done a couple live shows now from the lobby. Mm-hmm. And and people get to kind of see a little bit of that like happen. And it's really funny because Taylor and I get into a very kind of, uh, we put our blinders on and we're very much like, yes, no, no. Is it up? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else this you know and it's a very kind of you know it's not like we're not like jovial or and it's a very uh we just know the exact process and people are kind of like coming by and they're watching and they're trying to talk to us and we're like yeah one second uh no i have this thumbnail i put it in here it's in this folder you know and it's a really it's a funny thing because people have told me afterwards they're like whoa that was like crazy because that's not what we see Right. Like you're seeing kind yeah. of like the live show and, and they're like, that was insane. I see how you and Taylor kind of now have like a process and no one was going to get in your way. And Taylor's over there like chest test mic and he's doing these mic tests and he's like, uh, you know, he's over there and I'm like, what's wrong? And I'm like doing stuff and I'm like, what's happening? Cause I want him to know like, is this going to delay? Do I need to put a tweet out? You know? And I'm, he's like, no, I'm like, are we still on time? And he's like, yes. Okay. And, and it's a really, it's a funny thing to be doing that live in the studio, but from a from a live show perspective, I'll tell you what 
my side of it, and Taylor can kind of maybe explain his side on. Mm-hmm. But but basically, it is uh, a lot of my stuff is just the all of the. Let's say we're going to do a live show. I'm trying to think of. Uh, something that isn't a spoiler. So let's say we're going to do a live breakdown of episode one of the show. Uh, my process is that I'm sketching out kind of what is what does that 90 minutes look like, right, to me, which mm-hmm. is we're going to try to tackle this much of the show. Um, here's some basic concepts of questions that I want to ask. Uh, do I have, who do I have to schedule for this? And it's making sure they are going to, right? It's all the kind of like making sure they're going to be there and making sure they show up 20 minutes before. And I'm doing an, I'm explaining to them, like when a show begins, you're going to still be live. You're, 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 you'll still have a hot mics, but you know, we're going to come in, you'll see me on the screen. I will be doing an introduction. Then I will do some lame live introduction of you that I'll just riff in the moments and it'll come like this. You'll see this screen next. Then we're going to be breaking the show down like this. Tell me, can you hear the audio and see the video of this? We're going to be talking about this clip and here's the 10 clips. And <clears throat> then we'll be <clears throat> uh, taking calls. And then when you we end the show, this is what you'll see when it ends. You will all be off screen for a minute and a half. You won't be able to see me because the shared screen is still showing you what's showing to everybody else, which is our outro sequence. But you'll be able to hear me, but no one else, you know what I mean? Like there's like a, like a script of this is the experience you'll have as a guest on the show. That's a lot of what I'm in charge of. And then also, <clears throat> obviously, just setup and social media and and uh, I, I really just lean everything else onto Taylor, which is I'm expecting to be able to walk into the studio, put my computer down, everything's functional, and I never have to think about anything else, right? Like we've definitely from a separation yeah. over operational perspective. Uh, so yeah, that's, and Taylor, Taylor's more obviously, the, he does all the production. So that's maybe even kind of more interesting. Before we get to Taylor, um, I want to ask the, the creative, um, is that something you share uh, coming up with the topics and the ideas for the episodes, or is is that something that that one or the other of you does? Uh, there is a little bit of that with Taylor and I, which is to say, we do review kind of uh, what we've done up to this point, and we say, okay, so we're going to be doing a Wednesday and a Sunday, and then a Wednesday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Wednesday. You know, what would be interesting to tackle here? And Taylor's mostly saying. Yeah, that makes sense because Taylor hasn't read the books and he's less, less familiar with, but he will say something like, uh, you know, that wasn't actually that enjoyable last time. (laughs) I didn't, you know, people didn't engage as much. I think this topic, you know, that makes sense. That, that sounds like a good thing. I would like to do this. I think if we, why, you know, maybe you do something like this to make it more interesting. He, he will kind of on the creative sides make suggestions, but not it's really kind of more producer side. role. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Um, a lot of I think that kind of process is interesting because I think the main spot where we collaborate creatively is what we're doing with the studio specifically, um, mm-hmm. and then what our overall goals and arc are of the channel and so in that it's like broken down into like well if we the next eight episodes so let's say wednesday sunday wednesday sunday wednesday sunday wednesday sunday you know um (laughs) for the next uh month will we like to throw in some of our uh they're like the older niche um kind of episodes that we used to do a long time ago, which are like breaking down books or like deep dives into metaphysical type 
of locations within the books, things that you're pulling hardcore fan freaks to come watch. Those are usually the least watched ones because it's just it's like a very high level into parts that people aren't really like mainly. Yeah, if, if, if you haven't given yourself a PhD in Jordanology, you're probably not going to be interested <laughs> in that. Well, or if you just like to hear that yeah. craziness. Yeah. yeah. So then we yeah. kind of do we have to do some broader ones of like right breaking out down now the episodes uh, where before it would be more like news things um and and then we like to throw in some games so we've done like um we've done hollywood squares um and Oh, we did uh, debates. Debates. You're just talking debates? Uh, yeah. yeah. And so, I don't know. It's just like... We like really formalized debates where we're like, okay, you have a minute and a half, make your case. You have a, you know, a minute rebuttal <laughs> so, so like, here. like debate have, club like, in high school. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Debates. Okay. Those are actually really, really fun. Those are awesome. We haven't done a debate. Yeah. We need to get back and doing one of those again. No, so. so I think a lot of it creatively is like, so uh, like our like our initial thing back on that couch, StarCraft Two, is like we wanted Talking Dead. And so that's still like, yeah. right, our overall goal. But how are we going to yeah. get there? And like, how do we make it a better visual experience for the people watching? Yeah. How do we keep building interest in the Dusty Wheel? Because a big challenge you ran in at the beginning was like, wow, we are very niche. Like, it's like we are the nichiest um, because uh, <laughs> we did like our first like 10 episodes were breaking down Eye of the World. And it's just it was it was just a lot. And so um, I think like my dad's saying, it's kind of figuring out what the general experience we want our viewers and I mean, and fans and everyone to have. And then he kind of then takes the liberty of breaking that down into topics that he believes people are going to really enjoy. So, um, and can I I throw one thing out there, which is if anyone's listening now and they're like, Hey, this sounds like fun. I want to try it. So I want to give you just two or three quick pieces of advice. If you do a live call and talk show on YouTube, that's for 90 to 120 minutes about something you love. You should never go into it thinking I'm, my channel is going to grow. It should not be about growth or monetization. It should be like you love it. And why I say that is YouTube has no interest in live, long form content about niche topics. Like they don't and they will not yeah. advertise for you. They will not push you. They are not going to get into any algorithm that all the YouTubers talk about. Like they're like, people are like, yeah, you're a YouTuber, which I am. But I'm like, but I don't, I don't. I don't really know the algorithm and that is to say people have told me things, but what I know is what we do does not feed any algorithm and does not get helped by it. So the growth of the channel is all word of mouth, right? It's people hear about it and then they follow it. It's not because YouTube's like, this is amazing and I want to share it and make money off of it. That's not, uh, they, people will tell me like they're, you know, like, why don't you monetize this? And that was really funny for the first like year and a half. And I was like, I don't know if you understand, but like we get, thousand two thousand views uh average watch length is x amount like it's i don't know like i don't even understand why you think that i would care about the five cents or the uh, two (laughs) dollars that would somehow come from this like it was never about monetizing it it never has been and honestly a channel like mine is never going to that's never going to be a thing like i i know how much fans are like oh you're gonna your channel's gonna grow huge (laughs) and i was like uh no it won't uh because this is not the this is not about a channel that grows i mean amazon came to us when we had fifteen thousand subscribers and uh they didn't come to us because we had like 
a million subscribers, right? Like this wasn't like some like, this is a huge advertising play. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we had hardcore fan freaks that were going to watch their show anyway, right? It did not matter. The people were coming to our show. It, it wasn't because we had a huge uh, audience and it wasn't because... Uh, they were they were like going to convince people to watch a show, um, and that was that was something that was always important to us. Which was Taylor and I did not come in this to monetize it, because well, and that's never been my approach with Theoryland either. Um, I don't think I've ran an ad on Theoryland. I turned on some monetization for the channel once somebody told me. By the way, Google monetizes your content anyway. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> they put ads on your content, even if you don't put ads on your content. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, but our That's big thing dumb. was too. We were but, we waited till we had ten thousand subscribers before we ever put monetization on it anyway. So, um, but in in the same vein, we don't make anything <laughs> monetization. It and and the only way that kind of ours our videos get in the algorithm are the very base because you're allowing them to put their own ads on it. They will be kinder in, in how much they kind of throw you down. That's that's yeah. But, but a big, a big part of it is just because my dad really likes to be on camera for two hours. (laughs) Twice Twice a week. Totally. So that's, we that's kind totally of uh, went off on a, a tangent there. Sorry, I know I took we, a tangent. No, there. Oh no, yeah. no, no! It's it's perfectly <laughs> fine. Uh, I just wanted to circle back around to Taylor yeah. and and get your view of of what happens uh, during the, uh, a show. Well, I believe my father ended his by saying he you know he just wants to walk in and be able to connect to the TV and and be ready to go. And you know, I don't care about that. You know, uh, <laughs> no, um, the reluctant producer. <laughs> that is a great, that's a great. Name. It depends how much angst I've been getting over the day for the show. But, um, sometimes <laughs> I remember, um, before we did the big show with Amazon, like the release of the, uh, trailer, the second trailer, um, <laughs> we would start getting like angsty throughout the day. And once we'd get there. I'd be like, no, I'm not ready to start yet. And I'd, and I'd, per, I'd artificially take it longer to start the episode. It was a bad time. I've grown. Um, but... so, so what we're learning here is you're very vengeful. Yes, yes, very, very. Um, and, you know, I blame that f- on him and my mother. Wow. <laughs> Getting deep now. All right. I learned it from you, Dad. Free therapy. <laughs> I, so I, I want to I want to point something out, Ruark. You just asked Taylor, like, so tell me about the production. And as you can see, this is what I've been working on. Now you know. Now it's known. Now it's out there. Everyone understands. You can send me, you know, uh, <laughs> you send me some DMs if you ever wanted just to, you know. So what I'm there. what I'm hearing out of all of this, I think it, what it comes down to is anytime the show starts late, it's because Taylor is being vengeful. Yes. Now that we know that. Yeah. Or there is a technical issue that I really <laughs> underestimated. Yeah. It but it is either one of those things. Um but no. So <laughs> um how it, how I start the day is um or start the stream is I go to my father and I ask him for like a bunch of assets 
to make I have to make like the starting shortly and I have to prep like banners and all this stuff, which I will get within a four hour window of asking. So um <laughs> so so like all of the liners and background and everything you you put that together yourself. Yeah, so that's all on okay. the day. Um and Oh, you put those together day of. Yeah. Uh, well, wow, sometimes okay. hour of. So it we have a funny relationship because I've the whole point of the Dusty Wheel is my dad doesn't want to be on it, but if it's live, he can't stop what's already happened, and I don't want to have to do tons of work throughout the course of two hours. And so my whole goal over the past three years has been finding a way to make the show run as easily as possible with as little effort that I need to put after it started. So I have to put a lot of effort to get it there. But once I click go live, it's pretty much a self-sustaining thing. So, um, so I'll get the assets from my dad and I'll make kind of all the different things and place all the different things and resize certain things to fit the look of the show. I'll check cameras and uh, TVs and screens and zoom and do audio tests and um, I'll check stream keys and making sure it's going to the right places and and I'll kind of do all of this within kind of the first hour before we go live. So kind of mm-hmm. at six o'clock is when I get into the main like overdrive mode of like getting in the room, getting lights turned on, getting things kind of set up. I've gotten pretty fast at it. Um, if I have all of the assets, um, I could probably do it within like 15 minutes uh, and I could be I can I've gotten in extremely fast. But wow. don't admit to that. <laughs> you got to play Scotty's game. You got to estimate large and then you look like the miracle worker. <laughs> Under promise and over deliver. So you have a concept of what I am thinking in these moments because I like to over prepare. So uh, these moments make me like awesomely. And uh, there's like a moment where Taylor knows that he's pushed his uh I'm going to wait until this last moment to do this thing a little bit too far because I start saying something like, hey, how's this asset thing coming along? <laughs> and I'm, sitting at, I'm sitting at the bar and it's like, it's like 30 minutes to go up in front. I'm like, uh, how's, uh, how's the intro? Yeah, I'm going to make it here soon. I'm going to make it soon. You know, um, I can't believe you still don't trust me after two and a half years, but whatever. You know? <laughs> and that, that, statement, that statement has come back to bite me probably like four times. Okay. Because uh, there's moments that are like, he's like, did you test the audio? And I'm like, dad. Okay, where's my camera? Dad. I've tested the audio, okay? I've done this before. And then we get all the way up to like 6.58 and, I, and I'm like, oh, I didn't test the audio. I should do that. And I test it and I'm like, and I'm like oh no. The entirety of the system completely wiped all of my settings of this thing and I have to redo it. So now it's 7.05 and my dad's like, are we going to make the stream today or is there <laughs> And it's at this point that I'm so defeated that this is what I say. Nothing. Because I'm dead. <laughs> 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 so I just kind of like, I just, I'm in the zone. I'm getting it done. And I finally, I'm ready. And I'm like, okay, you're good. Going live right now. And I click the button and it's uh, before we can talk. So, so to make a long story short, what I'm hearing here is 
You do most of the work, but only when Matt pushes you to it. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah. That's that's been my that's been my last two and a half years. It's been fun. <laughs> As the father of a teenager, I can see exactly how that dynamic works. Yeah. I, I just absolutely love this, getting this behind the scenes. I mean, it's so like literally tears in in the eyes. It's really funny to listen to it now, but I can also imagine the complete and utter stress. Like if there was a live stream of you before you go live, how stressful that would be. It would, it would probably be more successful than our current live stream. Stress is drama. Drama sells. It's Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like at Jordan Con, I think people kind of get a different feel for like our relationship as far as it relates to the show. Uh, because yeah, there is a, Taylor can see it. It's like in micro movements that I do with my head. He'll see it out of the corner of his eye where you're all looking at me on the camera and I, I'll go like this. And he'll just be like, <laughs> like, I can see that he detects like this is like slight movement of like my irritation. And it's just showing up in this really like short <laughs> micro like twist of my head. Of, and, like, it's, and it's immediate seething anger. And I'm just behind the camera. <laughs> but we're live in front of hundreds of people. And I can't scream at him. I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, I've done everything to get this live. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to be looking for those little micro yep. movements. Yes. <laughs> 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 the eye movement after it words because he's looking at me so it's like the, it's the right it's the it's the little head nod and then it's the look off <laughs> and then if he looks off and, and he's looking he's looking directly at me and i am just staring him down and sometimes if he's looking directly straight it's because i'm staring him down and, and he does not want to look at me it's very funny <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is funny. It is funny. Like if you, yeah, if you saw the build up to it, and sometimes, uh, and the moments those happen actually live, you won't. They won't happen that often. It'll be something where Taylor's been like, "Yeah, I totally got this," and then I'll be like, uh, "Okay, now we're going to show you a uh, a live clip or whatever, a clip of the episode one," and I'll kind of look to my left and I'll see Taylor over there like. They'll <laughs> 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 be basically like mouthing like we're not actually gonna show that. And I'll look at him and I'll be like, or we're gonna show it next time. Let me see it. And I'll just be over there and you'll see me in the moment of like explaining it. I'll just it'll be like a short shake of my head. <laughs> Taylor will just be over there. Like uh, he'll be like, sorry. It's like uh, it's so funny. For us, that's been, I think for me. I think that this last two and a half years has just been a, f it's been a fun growth of our personal relationship with each other uh, because now we're spending, right? It's kind of that forced time that we're spending together, right? It's like, we're doing this thing and we have to, it's like work. It's like having a coworker, right? And you are building a relationship of time that you spend with them. And it's like that. So Taylor and I have all these like really funny coworker kind of quirks about our relationship that never would have happened if not for this. So I really like that that has created these moments that we can like just basically be uh, vengefully telling a podcast uh, <laughs> audience about how much the other person irritates us. <laughs> That's bonding right there. The best story so far has to be that when you rang Taylor to not tell him about the call from Amazon <laughs> and it turned into an argument in the parking lot. 
Like you've got this massive news, but it's turned into an argument. <laughs> That's the best. That should have been on camera. Well, I'll give you another one. Oh, here we go. The current thing that's happening right now is, or not right this second, because we don't have a, a set, but um, <laughs> what's happening is I use Discord to talk to my dad, uh, this messaging software, you know, the, um, and um, I'm, I'm assuming everyone knows Discord. Possibly aptly named. It's <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I use Discord to write my dad, and... And then I have my phone, which he doesn't text on because he doesn't like to use his phone on stream or have anything where he looks off. And then my mom is upstairs in her bedroom watching the stream or working or something. And now, granted, there's sometimes where like I don't see the Discord message, you know, and so then I'm I'm like five minutes late or something. I don't see he needs something. But there is I specifically I'll start off the stream and I'm like, Dad, I have Discord open. On my screen, I'm watching it the whole time. I have notifications on. You write me, I'm there. Don't even worry about it. And the whole time throughout the show, I'm like, I'm like, hey dad, checking in, need anything? He's like, no. I'm like, hey dad, checking in, need anything? No. And then he'll go like 40 <laughs> minutes without anything, like with anything. And I'm like, okay, seems like he's fine. And then I get a text from my mom. And she's like, Dad needs you right now. Get in there. Go. And she's screaming with like all these exclamation points. And so I like drop all my stuff. I sprint in and I'm like, what's going on? And he's over there and he's like, water. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, why didn't you just write me? And it's just, it's so funny. And then my mom, the funniest part, my mom will run down too because she's like, well, dad needs something because he just wrote me that he needs something right now. So my mom will come up behind me and I'll have the cup and I'll see her at the stairs and she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, water. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Um, this has been... This has been nice, Taylor. I appreciate you sharing those stories. That's been great. I don't know. Um, we don't really get to talk about this with anyone. I don't get to... <laughs> it's just mom and I. Well, I, I think before we uh, start a civil war within the Hatch household, uh, maybe we should throw to commercial. Uh, we'll go throw to commercial and come back with Matt and Taylor Hatch in just a moment. Hey, everybody. Ruark here. I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about the Watch Party Podcasting Network. Now, I know you've heard us say thanks to Michael and Jen at the end of every episode. Well, Michael and Jen are the people who started the Watch Party Podcast Network, and they have a wonderful, wonderful podcast known as Watch Party Lord of the Rings, all about the upcoming Lord of the Rings TV series on Amazon Prime. And, well, frankly, just about anything else that has to do with Lord of the Rings as well. They, they dive really deep into a lot of Tolkien's lore and in, in much the same way that we do on this show. Uh, so you'll want to check that out, especially if you're a big Lord of the Rings fan. And then coming soon, we're going to have a House of the Dragon podcast for the new uh, House of the Dragon Game of Thrones show coming out on HBO Max. That should be debuting soon. So, uh, yeah, just check it out right here on the Watch Party Podcasting Network. Stick with us. We've got some good stuff coming. And welcome back. We're still here with Matt and Taylor Hatch from the Dusty Wheel. And Saima had some questions for them about the, the uh, Wheel of Time world premiere that they attended in London. Yeah, so welcome to the UK. I was about five hours north of you. <laughs> 
Um, and if I could have, I would have just come and stood outside and waved at anyone walking through where I wouldn't have been able to pass by. But I absolutely loved your stream um, of the premiere. And, and I have to say, Matt, I think that was the moment I fell in love with you because you were so <laughs> sweet. And I, you actually, you know, you talk, you were talking live about your nerves and, you know, Taylor was like, when Taylor would look behind you and you'd be like, oh, this means there's somebody behind me that I need to be interviewing now. But I have to say that what came across so strongly is your love of the fandom and how you knew every single person that was going down. I noticed this with the other content creators, perhaps they didn't catch the person or they didn't know. But that moment where you, and I watched it again earlier, where you saw Juliet Howland and you were like, oh, Juliet, yeah. you know, and she came up with yeah. her husband and they did the the whole, um, uh, the line for you that you recorded with lots of different people as well. So yeah. just yeah. give us, you know, we, we saw it live, but your thoughts about coming to the premiere, being invited. Uh, before and after, I was stalking all of you on Twitter as you were sharing content ac across the day as well. <laughs> but how was that for you? So the the coolest part for me was <clears throat> when the invite came, it was for me and Taylor. Mm -hmm. And as Taylor's father, having gone through this process, you you do put a lot of time into this, right? Like it is a lot of time to produce and do the yeah. show on a weekly basis. And the fact that they were like, yeah, we want you and Taylor to come out was I was like, that is awesome because I would have said, I can't come out without Taylor. You know, I yeah. would have, I would have said that, but I didn't have to say that. So it was, it was very cool to, to know that I was going to have this experience with my son going out there, uh, and, and, and being part of that experience. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it was just one of those like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, how am I going to, what are we going to do? when we get back because we need to go live almost immediately when we get back because the first episode is going to be out. <laughs> you know, it, was like, it was like, does this fit into what we're going to be doing? And, uh, but no, the overall experience was amazing. Uh, I, I think everyone saw, well, well, maybe you didn't see this. We tweeted this, which was one of our flight attendants name was Leandrin. Really? Uh, oh, wow. Which, which crazy. I'm pretty sure it was, it, <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, it was crazy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and then as we tried to land, a fox ran across the. Oh, wait, I'll stop there. <laughs> yeah, that's not <what> understood. <laughs> anyway, we random. got you. Uh, we got but, you. But, yes, uh, uh, <laughs> this animal just ran it. You know, whatever, whatever. An animal ran across. Uh, so, uh, okay. and and but yeah, there's like there's weird moments where we just kind of were like wow, like we're always going to remember this because of the just random things that happened to us. We ran into Yosha Shradowski randomly on, on the, he plays Rand, you know, and we're mm -hmm. like, isn't that Yosha? And we went over and said, hi, we, we mostly randomly ran into Marcus. And what I mean by that is a hundred percent randomly. No, it was random. Cause we didn't know Marcus was going to be there. What I mean by it, we're like, I did say to Taylor, I was like, Hey, I wonder if we went to the thing they have in the, the, yeah, if we went to the Piccadilly, Piccadilly, Piccadilly Circus, yeah. if we'd see anyone from the cast and crew there. So we went and we're like, there's Marcus. <laughs> like, That's <laughs> there crazy. Uh, so we just had these fun experiences. But to be on the blue carpet uh, was insane because of how fast everything goes. It was really, yeah. really slow. And then it was very, very, very fast. And they pinned us into this really, really, really small area. And so if you notice, my back was always to the line because talking to the, we couldn't get the camera in a way that I could ever see. So it really was this like everything was a surprise to me. 
<laughs> it was like, and oh, Taylor Napier's here, you know. Uh, oh, Daniel's here, you know. This kind of thing. It felt like it was like this moment of talking to the audience, and then almost like you, you all that were watching this saw the person before I did, and that. And, but it was a very nerve-wracking experience. I remember saying this to Taylor afterwards. I was like, my question to Yosha was stupid. No. <laughs> I was like, he's like, I'm like, because uh, you didn't know who was going to show up. Like, we yeah. didn't have a list. I didn't, I didn't have like a list of like all these questions. I'm like, oh, I, I've done live shows. I don't know how many times. I'm sure I can riff something, a question together. I was asking the audience like, hey, send me your questions. But those things just went right out of my yeah, head yeah. as soon as people had them. So... I would turn and then just randomly ask stuff. Uh, which, which, let me break in here. He totally did riff uh, questions to every single other person <laughs> that you loved. So, like, like all of your other questions were great. <laughs> I feel like I asked better questions to to Yosha, but yeah, I, it was it was just an exhilarating experience. If that makes sense. So let me let me ask a follow up to Taylor. When you started, you know, the production. Could you have imagined that that production screen, that the background that you created was going to end up on the Amazon after party and that you were going to be there for the London, the world premiere in London? Um, Somewhere just like deep inside me, I felt like one day the backdrop would be somewhere a part of it. Um, But London was crazy. (laughs) Uh, Like the whole experience of getting the email and like my dad read it and I was home um, and uh, and he was going through it and he's like, he's like, we would like to invite you out to London for the premiere. And I was like, oh my gosh, dad, like you did it. Like, like, like ask if I can join you because like, that's kind of me if you don't uh, bring me along. And he's like, no, they already invited you. And it was just like, it was kind of a culmination of like everything that we kind of put into it over the past kind of two and a half years at that point. It all came together and like we were like breaking down and it was just, it was such a great moment uh, to kind of share with my dad that I got to like experience. I had never been out of uh, America, so it was my first time ever out of America, let alone in London, which was beautiful. I wanted to drill down on something that you mentioned earlier, which is you haven't read the books. Yes, I haven't. Um, is, is, is it almost like a, a, you're resistant to it and at this point? or It's a good question because um, a lot of people, this, that's, the, uh, that's kind of the butt of the joke for everyone. Like, the, like I haven't read uh, the books. And um, I've played into it, obviously, uh, like you have to. I think I'm extremely interested in a lot of the story. I'm, uh, like, personally, on, like, a, a storytelling basis, like, I, I really love stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife um, uh, is a huge writer, um, and that's something that we've been working on recently together. We've been kind of making our own or prepping, and then we've made one of our own uh, short films. Um, and we've been kind of trying to break into this co-creating kind of space um, of storytelling. And I think I think The Wheel of Time has a lot of gr- amazing, um, that, like everyone says, uh, um, just writing and and character moments and and just the ways it all 
goes and works out and and happens and so I'm very interested in reading it. It's a big thing because I haven't read many books, really. It's not like just Wheel of Time that I'm like, no, I just have never been a huge book reader. Uh, And it's just a daunting thing for me to look at. So I just, it's not that I'm against it. It's just that I'm not for reading. (laughs) So so (laughs) what I'm hearing is you are probably the the person on this planet with the most wheel of time knowledge who has never read the books. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Because you'll know most of the spoilers. I mean, I find that fascinating and that's something maybe when you come back in eight years time, we can delve into a bit more, which is what is, you know, what is your experience Taylor of not having read the books, not knowing the detail of the story. And yet at the same time, knowing all the huge spoilers that most of the theories and, you know the, the the conversations end up around. I try. I think that that juxtaposition is just amazing. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting, and we'll see how it goes over the next while. But Taylor, speaking about never reading the books, I, honestly, I, I have razzed him, if you will, uh, like, hey, hey, you know, you should yeah. read the books. You you know, just so you know more, you could be on this channel. You know, you could answer questions. You could even like host the show if you just read the books. And and, but yeah, I think Taylor has always been like the graphic novel side of things. So that's yeah. why I need to get you. I need to get you the graphic novel version of the eye of the world. Uh, because I think you would, you would love that. They uh, have that. I didn't know they had graphic novels. Yeah. They, yeah. But tracking down, uh, the fourth volume <laughs> is almost impossible. Is you, it? You know, is yeah, it? Oh, okay. Yeah. The fourth yeah. volume, people are paying like $250 for it because really? it, it was printed with very low print run. for Interesting. Space. So, yeah, but I think and that's always, and he, and he has picked up a ton about the books, uh, but it, it, it's almost fun to just like, you have wonderful, uh, panelists here with you who haven't necessarily read the books, right. But they are getting to know the world from a different medium. So, so that's exciting, uh, yeah. hearing their thoughts on something they don't know a lot about, even though Taylor hears me say things and he doesn't piece, he can't piece those things together about certain characters or, you know, that's, and so he, he has awareness of names, you know, and places yeah. maybe, but not necessarily plot details. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that aspect of just engaging with people that have come to love it from a different medium. My, uh, one of my, uh, cousins just ecstatic loves the TV show and had like all sorts of questions and had so many misunderstandings of things. <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, and yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I don't know if you mind me asking some questions now, or if you do, if you have other questions about the, Premiere, I can totally. Uh, no, no. I, yeah, as, as long as we've we've got a professional host here who knows how to segue himself into the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> just let it happen. Sorry, it's uh, just it's just part of. Uh, no, no, it, it, I have no issues with it. Um, but yeah, we we did bring you on the show uh, partially because we wanted to have let you have at our our panel and in see their views because yes. we think that they're very interesting. So please, yeah. by all means, have at it. Okay. Okay. So speaking along the lines of like misunderstandings, uh, this one always interests me. So Samaria, what is one thing that you feel like you don't understand about the Wheel of Time world having seen season one that you'd like to know more about? Hmm. Definitely the international politics. So I want to know more about the other countries. I want to know more about how they relate to each other. And I really want to know how the ivory tower fits into everything. And so they are not a nation, except for they kind of function as one. 
And I I just really am interested in, you know, how that has shaken out over, you know, the centuries. Um, because I'm sure there's a lot of yeah. stuff. And so I mean, I don't get it. We so we've met the Ivory Tower, the two rivers, we've met the well, we've heard, you know, we've heard rumors and seen bits and pieces of the uprisings um against the Aes Sedai, but we don't really quite know yet where that all comes from and how um just everything is pieced together. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to over the next few years. So is that hope for season two, your one of your hopes then is that they do give more kind of political awareness of nations and maybe more political intrigue? Yeah, all of that. Um and just how, you know, yeah, just how things fit together. And so, you know, the very last thing we see um, I'm pretty sure it's an invasion and I'm like, well, what the hell is that all about? Um, <laughs> so I, I've been waiting since, since winter to get that answer. <laughs> and I'm antsy. Ooh, that's why I, I love to hear that. Now you brought up the white tower and Siobhan, I'm curious when you look at Aes Sedai, uh, are in your mind, are they good or are they evil or are they something else? So, I definitely see a combination of the two. I mean, obviously, this is an institution that was created to try and protect people um, after the breaking, but it's almost like they've gotten too big for the britches. They are in such a position of power that it seems like for many of them, power has become the the ultimate goal, like the end game, rather than their role as protectors, it's like, if I wield this power, I can become um, more influential. And, and like, it's just fascinating to me that you have this, this um, organization that's supposed to exist for, for the purpose of protecting people. And yet you can see the internal power structures between uh, struggles going on between the different Ajas. And I'm just finding this, this like interpersonal dynamic, absolutely fascinating. Yeah, that's uh I think I I think all of us, well, I it feels that way at least when you read the books that uh one of the things that stands out is the people in the books, if that makes sense. And they bring the vibrancy from from my standpoint to why this world has been engaging for the last couple decades in my life, which is the the people and why they're doing what they're doing. Uh and I think the White Tower and the Aes Sedai are definitely like a there's lots of uh, people to be interested in there, um, if you will. And I like that you, by the way, I always forget how much maybe knowledge you have. And I like, like, since the breaking is a great line to have said, I was like, that is like, <laughs> that's a very, like, uh, it feels a very like a scholarly way of like, since the breaking, we've experienced this. Uh, so I love that. I love that you <laughs> have this awareness of it. We've been cheating because we have Ruart right, to give us all this history and background. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm always, uh, I've gone on new reader podcasts and I find myself just saying like, interesting, interesting the entire time because I'm always afraid of like <laughs> ruining something. We will. get, we get, that's a very astute observation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. That's yeah. a better thing. I should, or we get Simon going. <laughs> <laughs> People yeah. try to read my, uh, read my, like what, 
when I take a sip of water, does it mean something? Am I trying to hide something or am I not? I don't have any water right now, so I can't even do that, you know, like, uh, but it is a really funny experience for me. Uh, so now, uh, speaking about kind of the people and the white tower, David, for you, uh, at least for me, the people stand out. Is there a particular character so far that you've like come to engage with the most, if that, if you will, I don't know if that's a great way to say it. Oh yes. Easy question because we've already talked about this on our podcast. Um, no, for me so far, it's been Lan definitely. And, um, we kind of had a episode where we talked about, um, mental health issues. And one of my past issues has been emasculation and Mm. um, male dominance and all of that. So um, seeing Lan and, and having the emotion and we know we've talked about the, it's not quite that way in the books, but definitely the way the show has portrayed Lan and um, seeing that from him was great for me. And then I also just love the badass sword play and having a, <laughs> yes. a fighter fighter samurai type character so he's he's kind of been my favorite so far no i like that you're uh i like that you're reading into the character a lot i mean that's again we talking about the books for a couple decades you get tired of just saying like well it was cool that he, what he did with the sword uh you know like yeah. you like want to know about like, <laughs> you're like but i want to know about his history and like how did he come to feel this way or believe these things uh so for me, uh, you would be surprised, uh, David, just how often readers have a very differing opinion of what the character in the books is even like. Uh, yeah. And you can show them 700 quotes while yours, and they'll show you other quotes. So I think uh, that is a pretty... The fact that there's... Uh, that's what I like. The fact I like that you as viewers not readers of the books are, are having similar experiences to us, which is like, <laughs> you're like you're coming to understand characters and you're kind of like, but I don't understand them this way. And this is where I connect. And that is a universal experience I've ever had with readers, which is uh, everyone's connecting with some different part of a character. And yeah. uh, I, I don't believe that the show gives uh, an incorrect view of Lan. I think the show is showing something maybe the books didn't show, um, if that makes sense. So, or we've, we've maybe had that, that same so. discussion because Saima has uh, thrown up her uh, angry hands to <laughs> some of the fandom about oh, that no. very point. Has that become a thing? I didn't realize. <laughs> Saima has angry hands. Uh, that's oh, what, I, that's what I'm hearing now. <laughs> uh, so I, I before I jump over to Greg here, I, I, Lan is one of your favorites here. Give me, give me some speculation. Like, what do you think? Like in your mind, where's Lan going? Like, what's a? Do you have a theory about what's coming up next for him? Or yeah, throw me throw me out some speculation here. Well, I I definitely think that Lan is going to be real concerned about what's going on with Moraine and her being shielded and um but i also think he's going to be really interested in continuing the quest because i don't believe that any of them think this is the end um and so i think that he and moraine are probably going to be off on a journey to chase after um the dragon and and try and figure out where where he's headed and what's where that power is going to go so that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands 
If you could uh, paint the end of his character arc, what do you want it to be? Oh, man. I, I think he needs to be family man. He needs okay. to, to have that, that same uh, view that we see with him sitting at the table with his uh, fellow countrymen mm. and hopefully with Nynaeve because, you know, that love story has to finish correctly. You want it, you want it to be a love story? <laughs> okay. I got it. I like it. Uh, you know, Greg, stepping back from kind of maybe a character focus um, or even, you know, uh, nation focus, what's been, because if I remember correctly, like this isn't really your thing, if you will, this uh, fantasy fiction well, stuff. Well, I'm, 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 I, sci-fi, yeah. Okay. Fantasy, not so much, you know. What's appealed to you from, uh, you know, has something about the entire world appealed to you the most then? coming in with us not really having a fantasy focus i'm i'm really enjoying the uh the variety of types of characters in terms of uh you know you've got your uh you know your 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 two rivers folk you've got your your people from uh from other parts of the world uh even including lego gears and uh uh other you know the the idea of the the aiel for example i'm really looking forward to seeing how that is gonna how that is gonna come up because that's a fascinating uh people you yeah. know uh just just the seeing the blood snow battle was just like okay i need to know more about these people. <laughs> you know there there there's something there that is like whoa this is new uh you know your invading force at the at the end of the, of the season coming in coming in from the sea it's like whoa who are these people uh you know it, i just i just enjoy uh looking forward to you know i'm looking forward to see where they're going to go with this and what sort of what sort of people are going to come out of it and how they're going to how they the cultures are going to fit together. I love it. I love it. Cause all of you have kind of, uh, again, f f your answers are all along the lines of why people kept on reading the books. Um, right. is this the knowledge of what's coming next? How is this going to end for X people? You know, what brought them to this point, you know, uh, or even just kind of an isolated, like, I need to know what's happening that this person, maybe there's going to be a love story here. And I want to know if it's going to, if it's going to turn out that way. So, Season one happened. Uh, now to all four of you, feel free to speak up. Just any of you can answer this. Uh, uh, how much are you looking forward to season two? Oh, I can't wait. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> 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 the longest year ever. I am ready. Um, I'm so ready. I've done that thing where I've done with a few movies before where I just avoid anything so nice. no interviews <laughs> I, I only only watched the teaser trailer the behind the scenes look um because it was sent to me um i want to go in completely blank slate the way i went into season one for like that full immersion experience and i'm starting to get antsy so yeah, yeah. I've already like planned my fall and my winter around it, so it's. Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the type. I'm the type of guy that will like when I hear about something that's going to be coming out that seems interesting. I'm going to find out everything I can yeah. about it without getting into like actual plot things. Uh, I, I I like 
you know, seeing some speculation, uh, you know, looking at cast announcements. Like, Ooh, who's, who's that going to be in there? You yeah. Know? Yep. So uh, I'm like that with a few things. I'm like that with Marvel. I'm like that with Star Wars. Uh, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to what they're going to do, what they're going to do with this. Uh, for, for example, when uh, when when Game of Thrones came out, I saw the first season. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then I blazed through the rest of the books before season two started. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for that last one. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I was interested to see where it was going to go yeah. and I'm still interested to see where it's going to go rather than the way they made it go for the last two seasons of the <laughs> TV show. Uh, <laughs> I have my opinion about that, but, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's just the, the cool thing is just, you're building this world and it's a world that it, if, if it's relatable, that's the thing I can never really relate to lord of the rings yeah i could never really relate to like you know i think i read a, a little bit of like you know dragon riders of Pernier, you know that stuff and i i this i can relate to i mean there's some there's some interesting things going on there with the cultures of the individual societies of this world that yeah. just seems seems cool Siobhan, is there a question that you wish you could get answered right now? Like, you don't you don't have to wait until season two. Like, uh, Rafe would Judkins, who's the showrunner, would just call you up and give you an answer to a question you have. Oh gosh, um, I have been trying so hard to avoid spoilers. It's almost like I would have to like take that part of my brain out and set it aside. Just. <laughs> entertain the question i want to know if we're going to see more of Logan. i think okay. that's a biggie for me because he um was such a charismatic character and and mm, yeah you know the 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 way he was treated at the hands of the white tower i find that um i'm so ambivalent about about what happened to him i really want to see if he has more story in him and i don't have to necessarily know what the story is i just want to know that i'm going to see him again by the way, I, just, I think it's relevant for me to remind everybody, do not go to the Dusty Wheel. Anything from the Dusty Wheel that we've shown them, we've thoroughly vetted. You've first. Yeah. It? Okay, good. Right. good. Uh, yeah, I, I've cause... even gone to the point where I haven't even seen those clips. So <laughs> okay, good, yes. I'm like, I, I, I don't want any spoilers at all. I think the box we've been kept in uh, makes the show that much more powerful and, and the waiting for the show that yeah. much more powerful because we can't get the little snippets that everybody is kind of hanging out there right now. Yeah, I, right. I, I'm sure um, uh, Simon and Ruark would both agree, which would be uh, uh, a lot of the reader watching experience is often like, when will they get here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, or uh, yeah. when will this occur? And it's a much different experience. I, yeah. I envy the four of you being able to just experience it like it's just like a, for me you know i don't watch a lot of trailers for movies i really want to see because i do like that uh samari i like that mm -hmm. same experience of just a new i don't want to know anything uh so i yes please avoid the dusty wheel uh because uh even i would say uh after the show because it's very book related and maybe i'm kind of curious for all the four of you and i'm not trying to shame you if you don't plan to it but like david do you plan on reading the books once the show is done? 
Oh, absolutely. I was going to yeah. tell you that that whole uh, waiting to get to a point that happens the other way around too, because I watched the expanse all the way through and now I'm working my way through the books and it's like, Oh, when, when are they going to get to this point? I want <laughs> to, I want yeah, this yeah. point yeah. to happen in the yeah. books. Oh, I didn't yeah. ever think about that. That's true. That will happen to you. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's crazy. Cause I, I love the expanse and I, I need to go back and read the books cause I've only seen the show. So, uh, that's funny to know that that will be an shared experience yeah. that way. Um, I can say that the, the reason I, I put together the show in the format it is, is because when I thought about it, I was like, I love the wheel of time. I'm going to love this show, but I am never going to see it with fresh eyes. Yeah. I cannot see it with beginner's eyes because that's just not possible at this point. But if I can get six of my friends who haven't read the books to watch it, I can get six sets of beginner's eyes to see it through. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah, it, it's just made the show so much better to me in in many ways. Uh, especially because I have seen how how my friends have picked up on on the base level of these characters. They've figured out the characters. They figured out the motivations. In some situations, they've figured out exactly where those characters are heading. I'm not going to tell them who's right about that. But, um, yeah, they, they, you know, they're seeing a completely different view of this, but they're finding all the same stuff I found in it. And that, yeah. that is, that made it all just that much better to me. Yeah, yeah, that's a testament yeah. to the to the show. That's a it's a real testament to the showrunners and the writers and the producers of being able to stay true to you know to what's to what's there. It's getting those points across in a more concise way. Uh, you know, in six hours of televised programming or eight hours of televised programming, as opposed to how many pages upon pages of books. Yeah, I uh, I think Rafe uh, once was quoted saying his goal was to keep the heart and the spine. I think a lot of us readers were like, might have had a different interpretation of what yeah. that meant. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, we were like, uh, wait, did the heart and spine don't include this? Uh, yeah. Shoot, uh, I would have wanted the heart and spine to have included this. Uh, why not? Uh, but I think what I do hear from viewers that have connected, because this is a, this is truth. There's lots of people that have read the eye of the world that never read anything else. Uh, there's a lot of people that made it to yeah. the dragon reborn, which is the third book. Didn't read past it. I've met so many people who ended at six books in and they were like, not for me, you know, yeah. but what I hear from viewers where this is like connected with them, they're connecting in all the ways, uh, where as a book reader, I'm like, yeah, that's what hooked me. You know, yeah. so it's really cool to like, you guys sound hooked, which I love Wheel of Time addicts that get hooked to the uh, <laughs> the story. It's really exciting. Uh, I, so I do have a question and maybe you guys can answer this, Rourke and, and, and Sima. Uh, have, have there been observations from this crew that you can share with me without it ruining where you're like, I really loved that they had this observation or is that too spoilery? Um, no. Can I, you come I, up with any? Yeah. yeah, I think I can... I might have to think for a moment, but, uh, like just the fact that when we started this show, you know, they knew absolutely nothing. They knew there was a book called or a book series called the wheel of time. It was by somebody named Robert Jordan. And I was a freak about it. And, and that's and the only way we knew that is because you yeah. told yeah, us yeah. And, <laughs> such a shill for the wheel of time. Yeah. Totally. And so 
like our first couple episodes was just was before the the show had come out. It was just me laying out the basics of this world. And that was, you know, and and back then they were trying to figure it out and they they were pronouncing things wrong or saying things wrong or not quite quite getting everything. And uh, and to off the and and yeah, now they're at the point. Rourke is letting yeah, that pass. Yeah, yeah now we're at the point where Greg can correct me on Tuathaan, because in my mind it's still Tuathuan. I'm sorry, there's a, there's another you in there. Um, but no, I mean even earlier, uh, you you mentioned something about uh, you know somebody said something about the tower since you know they've been doing blah 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 since the breaking, and you know that's that's. That's fairly deep knowledge that that I have yeah. imparted and and is sticking. And if anything, it makes me feel like a good teacher. <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. But uh, yeah, ju ju yeah, just the oh. fact that I was able to create a group of friends to nerd about something on the level I wanted to nerd about it is kind of cool. It is cool. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Hundred percent. Yeah, they they are super super nerds. And um, so there's a couple of things. Um, Quite a few times they've made me feel really stupid for not having picked up <laughs> the thing that they picked up like that that took me 26 years to yeah. like get my head around. Yeah. Like I just feel like, have I really been reading these books or what have I been doing? Um yeah. and then the and then some of the really freaky things, like they've said things that have happened in the final book. That has wow. been mind blowing. And again, I think they're all amazing and they really suck the information combined with how amazing the first season is. Like you can have issues with all sorts, right? But the fact that Rafe definitely has kept the heart and the spine, otherwise people that didn't know anything about it could not be connecting the dots that haven't even yet been dotted. Like They've done that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been amazing. Yeah. And, and That's to, awesome. to, yeah. to piggyback on what you were just saying there, Saima, about uh, um, them saying things that happened in the last book. Um, but they won't I, I, I want to bring this up because anytime I mention something that happened in a previous episode, we get people going crazy re-listening to that episode trying to figure out what I'm referring to. So <laughs> I'm going to say in the very first episode of this show, before any of the panel had even watched an episode of the show, as I was just trying to explain this world to them, somebody figured out the major plot twist in book six. <laughs> right, so wow. I was going to go okay. back and listen to that. <laughs> Are you keeping track, too? It, 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 it's, <laughs> you have to know how to listen through what they're saying, but sure, there's it, it's right there. It is right there. And and when when those words came out of that panelist's mouth, it was everything I could do to not react. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> that's when you need a that's when you need a glass of water and just give your brain something else to do. Like I'm <laughs> drinking water right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that, that's, that's why I have that, this yeah. big mug here with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, they, I think uh, they all laugh when I, every time I'm doing that, I have, do have the water and I do take a drink, but it is so I don't uh, react in any way, not necessarily <laughs> confirming or denying. I just sometimes want to laugh or I sometimes want to just like shake my head. Instead, it's like, drink water, put down, look back at camera. <laughs> so I don't give anything away. It's a very uh, involved process. Well, thank you for letting me uh kind of quiz you all and get excited about your excitement. Uh, that is part of 
again, what the love of this fandom has always been about is sharing this love with other people. Even the people that have come to dislike the show, they can't stop talking about how much they dislike the show yeah. because, <laughs> because it's that like love-hate thing where it's still this passion in their head of like, this thing is so meaningful to my life, uh, which I totally concur with. It is extremely, it's been, it's touched on almost every aspect of my life uh, in strange, crazy ways. And I, I can't give it up uh, and no one can shut me up. Uh, and that's the fun <laughs> part about it is, uh, you know, uh, I'm just a hardcore fan freak for the Wheel of Time, and yeah. I always will be, yeah. regardless if it's new material coming out of a show, regardless if it's Robert Jordan's notes, or regardless if it's, doesn't matter. It's like, give me some new Wheel of Time stuff, and I'm going to love speculating about it and breaking it down. And just, so I, I appreciate you bringing Taylor and I on. Yeah. Uh, I've obviously gotten to share that love with him. He somewhat has got to enjoy <laughs> that, uh, even though it's not his thing. Uh, so thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thank oh, you for, for coming thank and you, joining thank us. You. Uh, I know you you have a place to be, so we'll let you get going here. But yeah, before you go, I have one more question I want to ask you. Go for it. Uh, what does Daniel Henney smell like? Because <laughs> I, I, I'm telling I you, I look you at that guy and, and I swear he, he's got to smell good. He's one of those guys that, walk, that like walks around smelling like, I don't know, old leather and, and lavender or something. Wrong. Like he's, he just smells wrong. fresh. I, something yeah. Yeah. I want to say it was fresher yeah. than, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> like, as the, by the way, I'm answering this question like I know. Which I, think is like, <laughs> I was definitely not on the blue carpet leaning that close to find out. But uh, I uh, he definitely gives off the fresh the, the fresh of, smelling uh, vibe yeah, yeah. I, he has a great handshake though oh good <laughs> oh. Have a great is it nice and yeah. firm yes very yeah, yeah, yeah. very That's, very yeah. there's a moment w from the premiere that is one of my favorites not this goes back to simon's question uh daniel henny comes up and he goes matt and I was like, oh, that's really, that's like really cool. He knows my name. And he goes, Taylor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so sweet. He remembered us from the, uh, from, because we had done the, uh, one of the, one of the times we had met was the live, uh, watch party. There we mm -hmm. go. The trailer watch party. And it was like, he remembered our names and he reached across from me, like, and shook Taylor's hand. Like he is just I thought a there was another person behind me. Like, I did, not, <laughs> I did not believe he was talking to me. Um, but yeah, he like yeah. reaches over my father and he's like, how are you guys doing? How was the flight? And he's like, he yeah, just and he's, to yeah. And he's like, did, you know, have you been taken care of? He was like, he's so uh, just respectful. He's just such a gentleman. And that is definitely what came, came across to me about Daniel Henney is just a really nice, good genuine kind of person so whatever nice good and genuine smells like ruark that's what daniel henny smells like also comforting okay. because like yeah. it's definitely very comforting about him the way that yeah, he, yeah. Well, he like kind of maybe he smells like fresh hug. baked bread just just <laughs> yeah. that comforting smell yeah, totally. <laughs> that would be acceptable i think he would uh, i think he would say yes that is uh that's a that's that's a thing so now you have your icebreaker questions for when you go to the season two premiere that's brilliant well matt and taylor hatch we want to say thank you so much for joining us on this episode um and yeah you're welcome back anytime you want to come back yeah. thank you even very before, much yes. even thank before you. the eight years yeah yes. before the eight years okay <laughs> yeah. we'll, yes. okay yeah. we, yes. we'd love we'd love to come back because i'm sure there's more vengeful spiteful things taylor would like to share with you about me so, uh, <laughs> anytime 
<laughs> and we will be more than happy to to air those grievances. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Now I'm going to be in the pre-chat, right? And if you go a second over the time, I'm like, right, that's vengeful. Vengeful Taylor. Yeah, vengeful. <laughs> vengeful producer strikes again. There's something going on behind the scenes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, now that everyone understands, no, I feel I feel seen. I definitely feel seen now. So. <laughs> And yeah, so uh, thank you both so much for coming. And we're going to go to break and come back with Mailbag. Hey, have you heard about our sponsor, Four Cats Boutique? So I just pulled up their website to have a look right now. And I am seeing bookmarks, earrings, uh, jewelry, pr art prints, um, cards. I see uh, Fantastic Four. I see Moon Knight. Wheel of Time is here, Star Wars, lots and lots of fandoms, lots of really gorgeous artwork, lots of collectibles, things to hang on your wall. Definitely a site worth checking out. And of course, Lord of the Ring things as well. So definitely check them out. That's Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. That's number four, cats with a K, number four, Four Cats Boutique. Check them out. I have new respect for DW's job. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And now it's time for Mailbag! Mailbag! Mail that was lovely. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was... We're getting better at it every time. Uh, every time it just gets a little better. Better, yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a word. Uh, it's it word. is indeed a word. Uh, uh, this... <laughs> This uh, mailbag we have today is from our friend Stephen, uh, who writes in, says, Hey, Sima, Ruark, and the panel. Hey, wait a minute. Why is Sima getting top billing now? Do you guys need to tell me something? Am I getting forced out of the show here? It's not. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Stephen says, Greetings once again. He has written in before. Um I believe Stephen is our friend who joined us from the Watch Party Lord of the Rings podcast. I believe so. Um, and uh, Stephen says, after hearing your most recent mailbag with multiple Aussies writing in, I feel the need to add, add that I also hail from the land of the Mad Men. Not that I have any idea what that means beyond what you said in the last episode. <laughs> says, I've been loving the recent episodes. The side character deep dives have been great, and that game show was just hilarious. I've recently started a rewatch of the series, just finished episode three last night, and I'm noticing a lot of small things I hadn't picked up on, hints and clues to the later episodes and, and the books. I went looking for Pod and Fane in Shadow Logoth and heard his whistle but couldn't manage to spot more than a shadow. It definitely seemed like he lured Matt to the dagger, so technically it's not all Matt's fault. One thing is really bugging me, though, and the reason I'm emailing you is the quote in the first Origin Stories video from Author Unknown. The Fourth Age. I'm a big Brandon Sanderson fan, and the one thing I love about his books is tiny inconsist inconsistent details are often clues to what's really going on, like the big twist. For example, in one of the books, he repeats something throughout the book, but if you're paying attention, you'll notice it suddenly changes and points to the big twist at the end. With this in mind, and knowing how closely Sanderson is linked to The Wheel of Time, I'm wondering if this mention of the fourth age is likewise a clue that what is going to happen and not nearly an inconsistency due to the world breaking records being lost and ages repeating themselves, etc. In other words, does the quote mean Rand is going to end up destroying the world by siding with the dark one? And yet that seems like an obvious reading. So I suspect something else may be going on. I'd love to throw it to the panel to discuss. 
I know you talked about it before, but that was before you'd seen all of season one and learned more about the world. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts and theories now. Uh, so yeah, panel, thoughts and theories. What, great question. Why, <laughs> what was up with that uh, opening that said it was from the fourth age? Is anybody else uh, coming to the con conclusion that Stephen did that it means that Rand must have sided with the Dark One at the end of the Third Age. Oh, gee, no, I'm sorry. My head's exploding right now. I'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying that uh, his mention of the Fourth Age at the beginning of that, that uh, Origins episode, yeah. there, there was a quote that started the episode and the quote finished with author unknown, the Fourth Age. And we know that the show is taking place in the third age. I really just have not even considered this angle. I can literally see your head exploding. Yeah. With, like <laughs> which way it could, you know, woo. <laughs> I, th I think we're close to the, the transition between the third and fourth age. So it's also possible that somebody is telling about the second age in the breaking from the fourth age. I don't like the idea that Rand's bad. I just don't. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Stephen's making a logical leap there that, that doesn't quite add up, which is that every age ends in, in the destruction of the world, which is not necessarily true. Uh, many ages do end with destruction, but not all ages have to end with destruction. Yeah, and, and someone from the fourth age could be talking about the breaking from the second age very easily. Yeah, very much so. It would make for a major plot twist, though. <laughs> it would. Very George R. R. Martin. Uh, Stephen says, along these lines, if you don't already have one planned, it would be cool if you did an episode covering prophecies, legends, and songs. I suspect there'd be a lot of interesting ideas to throw around. And that's a great idea for, mm -hmm. for an episode, and I think I'm going to start writing that episode now. So, yeah, mm -hmm. thank you for, for helping me plan out the, the future of the podcast, Stephen. Producer Steven, that's right. Uh, once again, thank you for the awesome podcast. I look forward to listening every week. It's one of only two that I have alerts on for, and we already know what the other one is. <laughs> and he closes with Namari, Steven. I, I, I'm guessing that must be Numenorian for Namaste. That is a, a Lord of the Rings joke that, that hopefully Steven gets and finds hilarious because everybody else is looking at me like I'm crazy. Uh, yeah, and all I can say is uh, namaste, Stephen, absolutely. <laughs> well, I love the nitty-grittiness of Stephen's question, going back and watching the origins and noticing that. Yeah, that's what we want. Excellent. I'm overdue for a rewatch of the whole of season one, if for no other reason than just to get ready for season two. And with that, uh, we'll put a pin in this episode. We've been at this for quite a while at this point, so I think it's time to end. But uh, we want to say thank you, as always, to Michael and Jen out at the Secret Watch Party Island headquarters. Thank you, Michael and Thanks. Jen. Thanks. You guys are great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael and Jen. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that uh, at whatwatchparty at gmail.com, whatwatchparty at gmail, or at whatwatchparty on Twitter or Instagram as well. Yes, come, come like us, come follow us, come comment over on Instagram. We are a little bit lonely at the moment. 
And uh, I've noticed that that we haven't had a good review in a while. So uh, if if you're somebody who's been listening to this podcast from the beginning, leave us a review. Leave those really help us get in front of more more people. The more reviews, more positive reviews we have, the higher we get in the rankings. So uh, give give us a hand there. Give leave us a review. And now, final question for the panel: Who would you like to smell on the blue carpet? Perrin. I would like to smell the actor because the actor, something about his his uh, character on the show just makes him seem like somebody who would give great hugs. And I imagine that that the actor smells amazing, but that Perrin, the character, smells faintly like wet dog. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Or turnip curry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, wet dog and turnip curry. Mm. <laughs> Gotta get need some of that cologne. I would want to smell Zoe because I think she smells just as awesome as Nynaeve and I need just to bottle that awesomeness and have it with me all the time. Thank you very much. I'd want to smell Alvaro Morte just to know what a charisma smells like. <laughs> I'm going to guess he probably smells like uh, wine and fish. And sunshine. And sunshine, yeah. Basically like sexy Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with Hamed, um, our loyal. Um, Love his energy behind the scenes. Um, He reminds me of the guys I grew up with. And so like... I'm imagining like a spicy floral, something a little bougie. Um, and he just looks like he would give the best bear hugs. <laughs> and I love hugging people bigger than me. Um, just for like that wraparound feeling. So, you know, big hug, amazing fragrance. Let's do it. Hamid. <laughs> 